Support for NoCo FM comes from our listeners on Patreon and from Open Stage Theater and Company, presenting Men on Boats by Jacqueline Backhouse, directed by Denise Burson Freestone, playing January 18th to February 15th, 2020 at the Lincoln Center Magnolia Theater in Fort Collins. Tickets and more information available at OpenStage.com. Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NoCo FM. My beautiful boys and girls, welcome to another exciting edition of Corbin versus the World. I am your hero, as always, Corbin David Alba, here to bring you the greatest tunes of yesterday, today, and tomorrow on this, our seventh week of the 2020 experience. And my friends, unfortunately, it is going to be another politically themed episode. We find ourselves in yet again. So if you're not into that kind of thing, I apologize. And as a consolation prize, I will put off talking about all of the various political malfeasances until the next bit. In the meantime, can I interest you in some more sports talk? I love sports. That's why I think I like politics so much. And I don't have anywhere for my sports impulses to go other than politics now that the Super Bowl is over and my second most beloved team, the Kansas City Chefs, are the victorious Super Bowl winners. And they get to hang out with Jennifer Lopez and Shakira for a full weekend in Las Vegas and no one else does. And that is their privilege as champions and good for them. But bad for me because now I have no aggressive blood sport to put all of my existential rage into. What do I do? Baseball isn't back. WrestleMania isn't around for another two months. Every time I watch basketball, I get upset at all the tall people. So what do I do? I guess it's time to try out the XFL. I gave it the old college try, my friends. I watched it for a good 15 minutes because, believe it or not, the XFL started its season this week since the Super Bowl is over and we all need to get that sweet, sweet methadone to replace our NFL heroine. So, the XFL is here to heroically step in. Thank you, Vince McMahon, in all of your adult geriatric wisdom. You are here to save us with your amazing, action-packed, extreme football game, it would seem, except not so much. I tuned in, and it was the most boring, bland, beige porridge game I have ever witnessed that would call itself football. I was expecting bloodshed, fighting, curse-laden arguments, rap battles on the sidelines, Godzilla, Gamera fighting, all kinds of stuff. I was expecting players to have finishing moves that they would execute on their opponents as they made their touchdowns. I was expecting crotch chops. I was expecting all kinds of things, but I got a very nice and gentlemanly game of ball, and that is not what I tuned in for, goddammit. What is my reptile brain supposed to do with that? With sportsmanship? There were people that were high-fiving each other on opposing teams after football. What kind of sportsmanship is that, I ask, especially in the XFL? What is that extremely nice football league? This is the XFL! 
Maybe they're just trying to lure the audience into a false sense of security right now where they're like, no, we're a totally legitimate football league. See, we follow all the rules and we do things completely by the book. And then halfway through the season, that's when all the insanity comes out and all the blood and fire and the dragons and all that. Maybe that's what's happening. And I can just hold off on my expectations. But I think for now, I am just going to have to content myself with the Masked Singer, which is once again returned this week. I am so beyond overjoyed about that. And yes, I can hear you vomiting over in the other line about me talking about the Masked Singer again, but I can't help it. It's so good. Drew Carey was a llama last week, guys. He was a llama. Isn't that wild? Hollywood stars and celebrities, what do they know? Do they know things? Let's find out. In our next bit, let's listen to some tunes. Such good tunes, I have this week. This is She's a Gun by Godcaster.
Welcome back to Corbin versus the world. You just got done hearing She's a Gun by Godcaster. Next, we had Skinner and their song, Sometimes My Brain is Goo, Story of My Life. And finally, we have the band Dogleg and their song, Kawasaki Backflip, which is a great combination of words, if I do say so myself. And I'm just going to check the date right now to make sure that what I say is factual. But yes, it is February 8th, 2020 of the 2020 experience. We are now six days chronologically removed from the Iowa primaries, and we still have not received all of the returns on the caucus. Why am I shouting? Because I'm pissed. I am fucking livid, my dudes. Imagine planning a party for three and a half years and the first part of the party, you trip and you spill drinks all over your dress and congratulations, Democratic Party, you have officially tripped on the graduation stage that is the 2020 election cycle. Well done. I'm so excited that we could start off looking like such incompetent boobs. Well done. Well done. Yes, this is the positive self-talk hour. I have been listening to The Spark with Stephanie James. So why am I upset? Let's let's just choose from, from the little Red Lobster buffet table that we have before us. Does Red Lobster have a buffet? I don't care. I'm pissed. They do right now for the sake of the symbolism. Okay, let's just choose one. A producer's note. We have conducted a full-scale investigation on this matter and have determined that while Red Lobster does not actually have a buffet, nor does it have a salad bar, they do, in fact, have endless shrimp on Mondays. The main reason this is upsetting to me, it, it's an optics thing, as all politics are. But when you're the Democratic Party and you are trying to portray yourself, you're trying to market yourself, you're trying to angle yourself as counter-programming to the corrupt, stupid, know-nothing, ignorant, Republican, Trump party, if you're trying to set yourself up as the opposite of that, don't make your first primary of the election season, a complete covert clusterfuck where no one knows what's going on. I went to bed Monday night thinking, all right, I was a good little boy and now Santa caucus will appear and leave the primary results underneath my tree because apparently it took all day to count all of this stuff. And I woke up the next morning and they still weren't done. How is this possible? How do you let shit like this happen? You made an app? Your buddy Dan that you knew from college made an app, so you decided it would be a great time to pilot it here in Iowa for these 65-year-old district manager women and men who the most advanced technological thing that they encounter in their day-to-day -day life is the touchscreen at Walgreens, and you're giving them an app? Huh? An app? Come on, man. Come on, Tom. Tom Perez, get it together. And if it wasn't Tom Perez, then it was some other dumb shit named Tom. So fuck you, Tom, and your idiot friends who thought it was a great idea to pilot your dumb shit. Can't believe it's not Silicon Valley app and bollocked up the whole democratic process. And I'm not even going to get into the whole like quasi-conspiratorial aspect of it where every result that was leaked up until the very end had Buttigieg Pete Butt with a with a fairly commanding lead over all the candidates. And it wasn't until 
we get to the end where we have 99%. We have 99% reporting now. So apparently it's just some guy named Dale who's holed up in his house somewhere. And Dale doesn't have a phone or social media, so he can't get in touch with Dale. And he doesn't know that the caucuses are a clusterfuck. So now we need to find a close family member and ask Dale who he thinks should be president this year so we can finally get 100% results in so we can finally figure out who is the actual winner because it's basically a dead heat between Bernie and between Pete Butt and it is Groundhog's Day once again Bernie is splitting the vote with a divisive moderate candidate uh time is a flat circle etc etc and here's the thing I'm not wild about Pete Butt I think he's boring I think he looks like the guy on the cover of the Rage Against the Machine Evil Empire album I'm not wild about Pete but Again, I go back to what I said last week. If it's Pete, I'll take it. If it's Bernie, great. If it's Biden, I'm going to need some coffee, but cool. Great. Whatever. We'll make it work. But this is just so silly by this point. So the breakdown final standings most likely are as follows. In first place with 13 delegates, Pete Butt. Buttigieg, 13 delegates. In second place with 12 delegates, Bernie, feel the burn Sanders. In third place, Elizabeth Warren, and she wins the third runner-up prize of a lovely cookbook of casseroles. And in fourth place, Jolton Joe Biden, who wins a sock, a single sock that does not fit him, that they got from Costco. It's okay. It's all they had. Sorry, Joe. Better luck next time in New Hampshire. Except it looks like another dead heat between Pete Butt and Bernie over in New Hampshire. And the returns will allegedly... Sorry, that was me knocking on all of the wood to make sure that the results actually came in the same night that this episode does. Because that's what I said last week. For the one in Iowa, but clearly that didn't work out. So once again, just like with the Super Bowl, I'm going to have to record a hundred different intros next week based on all of the potential scenarios that could take place. I probably won't do that. Anyway, this has been your political diatribe of the week. Here are more tunes. Hooray, hooray, taran, tara. This is Jaguar Jaguar because I love bands that repeat words. Jaguar Jaguar and their song, My Guess.
Welcome back to Corbin versus the world. You just got done hearing some groovy tunes. That was my guess by Jaguar Jaguar. Next, we had Caribou. Ooh, I didn't know I was going for an animal theme there. Caribou and his song, You and I. He has a new album coming out this month. Very exciting. And finally, we had a track from Nikki Francis and Iman Free, and that's their song, Never Knew. Oh, wow. 
now, friendos, it's time for us to get down with the sickness once again as I give you all your latest health updates on the terrible coronavirus that is sweeping the world and causing so much fear and devastation, I think. I'm not sure. I'm still not entirely positive how afraid we're supposed to be of this thing, because from what I understand, it's really thrown a monkey wrench into some shit in Asia right now. But so far, we haven't really felt much of the blowback from it, and I'm sure some of it might have something to do with the fact that the virus is not nearly as dangerous as they're claiming that it is. But I think that other part of it has to do with the fact that we are not taking any risks in any of our process with this disease. And we are issuing all sorts of quarantines and clampdowns to ensure that we stay as safe as possible from any Oregon Trail type tragedies that could befall us in the future. So there have been a number of travel bans or restrictions on China in the last few weeks. 72 countries have issued some form of travel restrictions on China or to the Wuhan district in which the disease is based. A Canadian man was recently apprehended by authorities for claiming to have been returning from China. It later turned out that he was a performance artist slash, this is what they said in the article, slash aspiring SoundCloud rapper. And the article also made a point to point out that he had less than a thousand followers on YouTube, which I thought was very mean spirited. But at least people are getting into the spirit of the times with our new disease scare of the 2020 experience. Another story of quarantine that has been ongoing, there is a cruise ship currently docked. It is called the Diamond Princess, which I think is the name of a My Little Pony, but I'm not sure. But it's also the name of a cruise ship, and there are 37 people aboard this ship, and they are stuck on this ship because members of the crew and the passengers have tested positive for the dreaded coronavirus. And now they are stuck on this boat and they cannot get off. And of course, because there are a couple Americans on the boat, we care. And they have issued a plea to our beloved President Donald Trump to free them from their terrible nautical hell. Please listen to this schadenfreude. A Garden City couple's honeymoon has turned into a nightmare. We're ready to get off this boat. We've been, We've been ready. For 30 days. And we just don't feel like we're safe. Newlyweds Gaetano Cerullo and Melina Basso are among thousands quarantined aboard the Diamond Princess. A Blue Point couple is also on the same ship. The cruise ship is now docked in Yokohama, Japan, after 61 people on board, including 11 Americans, tested positive for the Wuhan coronavirus. Cerullo and Basso say they're scared they may be next because they're trapped on the cruise ship. If they're really concerned and worried, we should be quarantined in, un in a sanitary environment that's safe, not on a cruise ship that's already infected. The couple is appealing to President Trump for help. Donald Trump, save us. Get us a government-based airplane. Not, not even that, just like... Get us off the ship. And as you can see, the disease has made beasts of us all. Here's the deal, my friends. Here's the deal. It's not that I'm unsympathetic to the fact that you're falling prey to this disease. I'm unsympathetic to you because you chose to get onto a boat. The dumbest form of human transportation, you idiots. When people get up into planes, at least we can justify the danger of it by the fact that you're traveling quickly from one place to another. So, you know, at least you have some positive to that. 
on a boat, you're just on a boat. If you're out in the middle of the ocean and a hole appears in the boat, or if you hit an iceberg, I've seen that in a movie, it's not like a plane where, uh-oh, there's a hole in the plane, uh, oxygen mask come down, everybody panic, 30 seconds later, everyone's dead, it doesn't matter. No, with a boat, you get the hole, you have the two, three hours of existential dread and panic as everyone realizes they're sinking to their doom. Boats are stupid, and I'm glad that you are suffering from this disease because you chose to give your allegiance to the sea. You have forsaken your roots to the land, and now if you want to complain about being infected, go complain to your sea friends, your stupid pirates, and your Loch Ness Monster, and your Kraken, and your goddamn little Nemo starfishes, you asshole. That's what you get. Boats are dumb, and if you sail on boats, you deserve what you get, including diseases. Anyway, here's more tunes. <laughs>
Welcome back to Corbin versus the world. You just got done hearing French Exit by Cuffed Up, followed up by The Fervor and their song Only Now. And finally, we had The Golden Age of TV, ironically on the radio, and their song Caught in Doors. And now, my lovely and cherished friends, it is now the time for us to tie this episode up into a neat little bow and mail it home. We are nearing the end of this episode. Thank each and every one of you for tuning into this lovely episode, hearing all sorts of wonderful bands trying to emerge beautiful tunes, trying to assert themselves into our cultural consciousness. Be sure to check me out at Corbin versus the world on Instagram and follow me on Twitter at Corbin D Allball. Also be sure to follow us at NOCO FM and to follow my website at Corbin versus the world.com. That is www.corbin versus the world.com. Calm. And now, friendos, to end out this show, we are once again paying tribute to a fallen musician because 2020 is taking no prisoners, it would appear, this year. And we are mourning this week the loss of Andy Gill, guitarist for Gang of Four, fantastically influential post-punk band of the 80s. Andy played a very angular, aggressive guitar style that proved to be very influential for the uh, dance punk scene out of New York in the early 2000s and of indie rock in general. Gang of Four had a very fun, groovy, you know, bass heavy sound while still keeping that kind of abrasive punk sound. And they really laid the groundwork uh, for not only the dance punk bands, but also for bands like Rage Against the Machine, who wrote very politically minded lyrics while still trying to rock faces off. So these last few songs are dedicated to the memory of Andy Gill. Be sure to listen to some fun, thrashy, guitar music this weekend or this week as the case may be in tribute this is their song what we all want but do yourself a favor if you have not done a deep dive check out the discography of gang of four you will hear so many of your favorite bands of today in the dna of gang of four but this will be gang of four followed up by esg and their song you're no good and finally we will have try by delta five So, friendos, thank each and every one of you for your time. My name is Corbin David Albo, and it will be next week, too. See you then, friends. Appreciate ya.
sexy thing <laughs> yeah I'm talking to you now look in your left pocket I put it there go to the bus stop answer the phone don't talk to anybody Whoosh. all right, right okay, cool. back. I don't know I was just, I was just playing jazz there. Good. This has been a production of NoCo FM. <laughs>